G'day, guys. Uh, it's Brad and Sog uh, from the Couch Critics. Um, thanks for watching on on YouTube or listening on your uh, streaming ser- or your listening service. Um, we're here for another episode, and we're here to talk a bit about round two of the A League Men and uh, a few other stuff. Uh, there was a lot of chat about the national second tier during the week. We might touch on the Matildas as well. Um, they were smashing crowds over there in Perth. But um, thanks for joining us. Uh, please uh, subscribe and like the video if you haven't done so already and uh, maybe give us a review on um, on the listening service. I assume that's something you can do. Have, Brad, have you ever used a Spotify? Like, do, do, do you know what... Yeah, yeah, I have used Spotify, but I don't, I've never looked if there's a way to review or rate a podcast. Yeah, you can, if you've listened to us on Spotify or on Google, we're still trying to figure out uh, Apple Podcasts, but um, yes, you can leave us a review and that helps bump us up as well. So do that yeah. if you're listening. Any, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's uh, get into the football, the round that was, round two of the A-League Man. It was a beautiful round. It was a fantastic res- round. Some awesome results, Samuel. You must have been absolutely uh, thrilled with some of those results, particularly the first game of the round. I was so excited for the A-League season, and my gosh, we played terribly. Like, just to to concede in, like, 40 seconds, outrageously bad. So, yeah, Sydney Sydney were... Brisbane were good. Mm. Sydney, less so. Like yeah. Must suck to be the worst-ranked team in New South Wales. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that game we're talking about on the Friday night, Brisbane getting up three nil against uh, Sydney FC up at Lang Park. Um, it showed, uh, at least in that result for Brisbane, a lot of the potential they have. And uh, this is probably how well they can play. They keep playing like that. I think they'll do really well this year. Um, what do you have to say about Brisbane? You think they played really well, or do you guys, you reckon you guys played rubbish and let them get up three nil? Well, I think Brisbane played like they did in that first half of the Australia Cup final. Yeah. But for the full ninety minutes, they mm. were they were relentless. Like from from the start right to the finish, every time Sydney got the ball, they pressed and and they hunted them down. And Sydney was slow and mm. succumbed to it. But every time Brisbane got the ball, their first pass was forwards. Their first pass was, you know, they'd receive the ball, turn and play forwards and, and put Sydney under the cosh. So, um, I I don't think Sydney were ready for it, and I think you know. Other teams might be prepared for it and and have something to to hit back with, but Sydney just mm. had nothing. And you know, a little bit of rustiness from Sydney. Uh, I think Gomez up top. If it's the language barrier, he's still kind of settling in. Sydney are trying to change the way they play now. They've got a striker mm. who can receive balls in the box, but n- nothing was working uh, getting the ball to him. So. Yeah, I think Brisbane were really good and Sydney were quite poor and mm. it came out in moments like Redmayne's shank, like Bratton slipping over again. That's two games in a row. He's just coughed up possession mm. and, and we've considered a goal off it. So he needs to be better. He's the captain and he needs to lead. And uh, I think one of the highlights as well was just seeing the, the Den backing mm. force. That, that was good. Yeah, Obviously, way too big a stadium still. Uh, but... A performance like that will, yeah. and the Den performing like that, um, that'll get people back. So uh, I think it was a good weekend for Brisbane. If you're a Brisbane fan, uh, you're really, really happy with that performance, and and it bodes well for the rest of the season. Like we said in our preview pod, mm. I think well, I think we both see that Brisbane there's something about them this season, yeah. and um, yeah, they should be up there. Yeah, now if you're a Brisbane fan, get along to their games. Um... They're in Lang Park in Brisbane, so they're in the centre of town now. They're not out uh, way out of town at Redcliffe anymore. So I know it's the biggest stadium, but uh, it'll definitely be better for them to be playing right in the centre of Brisbane. Moving on, Wellington getting up um, against Perth. Um, to be honest, I didn't really watch this game because um, I was kind of on the way to the Wanderers game, but also I can't remember else what I was doing. But uh, I didn't really watch this one. Uh, Sammy, did you, did you watch this one? Um, at all? Yeah, I did watch this game, and um, yeah, it was an interesting game. I I, th- I think it was actually quite quite entertaining. Mm. Um, Wellington playing at home was good, um, and I think you look at the score sheet, and and it was something we've talked about with the Phoenix this season. Zavada and Krajev, mm. just two fantastic footballers, and Krajev's goal um, 
really neat piece of play. Mm. Zavada knocking it off to him, Cryer hitting it near post, and and that kind of wrapped up the game. Um, yeah, Perth didn't look great. Um, mm. there's still there's still some issues going on in Perth, and an unhappy return for Ollie Sale. Um, <laughs> whereas down the other end, Alex Paulson yep. with the big penalty save against Adam Taggart. So, um, and uh, Phoenix have signed him up. I think a three year deal this week. Yeah. They? A bit of potential in him, and hopefully they get a good transfer fee one day if he keeps playing up like this. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's good for New Zealand football to see, and a lot mm. of their young players, um, young New Zealand players, uh, are doing well, and um, that's good. Um, I think they really need to have a good season with Auckland coming in next year, because uh, there could be a couple of, um, yeah, interesting transfers. I think if Auckland to try and take some New Zealand players for themselves. Yeah, for sure. Chris Wood would be a really good marquee signing, I reckon, for their first season. You'd get more game time at least. Yeah. Um, are we done with that? Shall we move on to the highlight game of the round? Yeah, well, why not? Let's talk about it. Yeah, the Wanderers getting up uh five... Oh wait, hang on. I thought you were, I thought you were gonna talk about Adelaide City or Victory first. Oh no, you want to talk about the Wanderers, right? Yeah, smart ass. Let's go. <laughs> the Western Derby. No, not really the Western Derby. Yeah, the Wanderers getting up 5-0, and it was 5-0 at halftime. It was, for someone at the game, it was really just unbelievable, the scoreline, but definitely deserved uh, the way, how well the Wanderers played. And Weston went, they weren't bad, but, you know, I think the Wanderers just made the most of their opportunities. They were really clinical in that first half. Uh, we exploited them in pace. I, the only time I think we ever looked vulnerable is when anyone drived at Jack Clisby. Um, because he's just not shouldn't be playing at this level, but that's all right. Um, well, I reckon that's a bit harsh. He's contributed. To the I have seen him playing at Perth and Mariners over the years, and well, Mariners when they were poor, and maybe yeah. he was a victim of those poor signs. But um, Lockie Brook, man, you see his first goal, what a banger! Yeah, look, like you're saying, Wanderers took their chances. Like I think they had. Six shots and five of them hit the back of the net in that first half. Yeah, our XG for the game was like less than two, I think. That's right. Like, and Western actually had good opportunities. Mm. And second half, they were better. Mm. First half, it was just when every moment in defense goes wrong and you've got a team like the Wanderers who can punish you when you've mm. got, you know, um, players like Lockie Brook. Uh, Milanovic is, mm. is looking pretty decent as well. Um, mm. The surprising thing is that Brandon Borrello didn't get a goal. Yeah, no, he didn't. And I don't think he had. I don't think he had a shot at goal. But you know, he's working hard as he always was. But I just, yeah, Milanovic. I think going into the game, I thought, oh, you know, if Nikovic is fit, he'll be on the bench. But you know, if uh, Nick, if, whenever he decides to come back from injury. I think he's probably on the bench now because Milanovic is playing that well. I think he's deserved that starting spot um, ahead of him. And Lockie Brook as well. Like, I think he's scored like the vast majority of all our goals we've scored uh, this season because he scored like five in the Australia Cup game. And I don't know. I th- I couldn't read too much. Like, five goals is pretty good, but I couldn't read too much into a game against an NPLWA team. Um, but boy, he looked uh, pretty hot on on Saturday night. And uh, Marcelo uh, got a goal as well, which was a really good uh, set piece from the corner. He went off injured. I haven't heard um, about him, how he's going, but uh, hopefully it's fine. Hopefully it was just a bit of a numb leg and uh, it's nothing uh, too worse unless I've missed something. Um, but all around, I thought, you know, we, we played uh, really well. Well, more yeah. than really well. I thought we played super. And, and then it's hard to tell in the second half because Western did come out and were better and Wanderers... Didn't look as good, but when you when you're up five nil at, at half time, mm. you don't really need to go out and be amazing in the second half. And yeah. so maybe you saw a little bit of that. Yeah. West tried and tried but couldn't score. So that's positive for the Wanderers as well to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah you get up at five nil, you can dictate how you're gonna play the second half. And I yeah. think I think that was probably the message from Rudin. Just, you know, just keep playing solid what you're doing, but um, you know, there's no need to go all out. You don't want to get injured and you know, I'm pretty Pretty pleased with 5-0 considering uh, Western knocked off Melbourne City uh, the first week. Although, who knows what the go is uh, with Melbourne City right now. But before we get to Melbourne City, let's talk about uh, the defending champions, the Central Coast Mariners. They hosted uh, MacArthur on the weekend. And, boy, they, um, they've they've looked a bit off. 
the Mariners. I actually thought they were pretty pretty good for the first 20 in that first game against Adelaide last week. But, um, geez, um, it doesn't look good uh, when you lose to MacArthur. No, no discredit to MacArthur, but when you lose to MacArthur in round two at home, um, it's not looking good for him at the moment. Yeah, we talked about this one last week in our preview and, and we both tipped the Mariners, I think, because mm-hmm. we said, well, Mariners have just played at home to Bali United and given them mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. And MacArthur away in Cambodia, they ended up losing that game 3-0, mm-hmm. which I watched until, uh, you know, Lockie Rose gets a goal, knocked off for offside, Tom Penn uh, go down and, and score. Uh, I... <laughs> I'd had enough at that stage to see them not going. And then mm. another two goals laid on in that match. So for them, and really it was mostly the same team that played on the Thursday night that came and played on the Saturday night, mm. Saturday afternoon, and MacArthur get the win. And so that that's a huge performance from yeah. MacArthur. Like I, mm. I don't think anyone would have would have backed them to get that. So mm. That's good signs for MacArthur if they can do that. Valerie Germain um with the goal. Mm, he's uh, looking good. Yeah, like he's a he's a quality striker and so get him in good positions and um you know, that's dangerous. And so for the Mariners it's looking a yeah, a bit sketchy at the moment. Like not sure where their form is in the league. Um mm. yeah, they they've got to turn things around quickly. They they weren't terrible. You just kind of expected MacArthur yeah. were there for the, for the picking. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on to next game uh, down at uh, the Melbourne Tangular Stadium. Melbourne victory, getting up 5-3 against Newcastle. Bruno Fornaroli with a first half, uh, well, more than a hat-trick. He got four goals in that first half. Fornaroli. Yeah, living up to the name. 4-1 up at half time, and what, going down to one in the second half. But, no, Melbourne victory, the... They're going okay. Like like I think we said before off air, we said, yeah, they're looking like they're playing well, but they've just conceded three to Newcastle. And I think that's, you know, look at the Wanderers, you know, they got up 5-0 and they kept that clean sheet. Victory, you know, could have went on 5-1, 6-1, but they got a bit complacent. They got caught out. I don't think it's um, it's perfect, like it's smooth sailing for the moment, the victory. They're going well, but yeah. Anyway, but great, great result for the victory. I don't want to bag him too much, or maybe we do. But um, yeah, what did you think well, of this one? I think at least when you have a game where you score eight goals and the terrace was back, and mm, that was good. So, so that's good for for the kind of vibes of the A League. Um, mm. I uh, I hate the saying, you know, the league needs a strong X team. You know, it's when this team's strong, it's good for the league. I don't like that kind of statement. What no, you got to earn like your right is, to be good. When when the crowds are good, when when the atmosphere is good, mm. that's good for the league. And and so yeah. Melbourne performing well and in front of a good crowd like that, um, that's good for the league. And so that was really exciting to see. And scoring five goals, like what a day! Mm. You've just beat Sydney FC three 0 away from home the week before, and then you score five at home. Three 0 wow. You oh, really must love victory. You're giving an extra goal. Yeah, 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil, two yeah, nil. anyway. But you, you win away from home against Sydney. That's a big match. You score five in front of your home fans' first home game of the season. Mm. That gets people interested. That gets people uh, going. So that's really good for them. Uh, Fornaroli was lethal, and we know he can do that. Um, mm. You know, uh, Popovich comes out this week and says he's he's just as good as he ever has been he's a lethal striker mm. if we can promote you know 17 year olds doing well why can't we promote a 37 year old doing well as well yeah. um, because he thinks he's fit he thinks he's ready to go and so um we, we were kind of saying yeah maybe it's a bit rough they haven't got a striker for this season Fornaroli is at least you know trying to put that one to bed and say I'm here and I can I can still do a job and mm. so that's great yeah the other kind of standout for me was Clayton Taylor for Newcastle Jets. Robbed uh, of a hat-trick. Robbed of a hat-trick, which, you know, they do get that goal. It's 5-4. That's a lot less emphatic. But his mm. goals were fantastic. Good mm. young player. Uh, again, and, and this is going to keep coming out. Every time we talk about a good young player, we go, oh, hang on. Was he at Sydney FC's Youth Academy and got oh, like was he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> um, 
but his his goals were were good goals as well. So that's good signs from the Jets. Like they got a player mm. who's who's going for it. Um, I think the other big news is Valupale for Melbourne Victory oh, resigned. Yeah, resigned for three seasons. Um, his goal was you know Jets were chasing in the second half and he he gets a a free run, but he he did really well with it. Um. So he looks like he's he's really come into his kind of groove mm. A League and, and for Melbourne Victory. And so that's a really good signing by them to to lock him down on a longer contract. Yeah, good yeah, good stuff for Melbourne Victory, you know. Obviously a crap season and last year and they've started quite well. But uh yeah. talking about crap starts, Melbourne City going six nil down to to Adelaide on the on the Sunday evening match at Hindmarsh. Boy, I I wouldn't have been surprised if Adelaide had won, but Six mil, boy. They were shocking. I think yeah. um, the striker, Jamie McLaren, I think he had like seven passes and they would have all been all from six goal kickoffs kick and the, the restart of one of the halves. That's And and he missed a penalty. So he's kicked the ball yeah. eight times, yep. seven passes from kickoffs yeah. and a missed penalty. Yeah. And that is all he did. Like that's that's an all-time stinker. Yeah, but, but all like you, you can't. Let's not point at him. The whole team was uh, pretty, pretty average. And uh, Adelaide, to their credit, their their young fellows have got over there. Um, fantastic! That goal from Irukunda, the double from Bernardo, um, yeah. one of the tour and the third Toure brother getting a goal. Is there a fourth or a fifth, please? Yeah, they look really good early on. Adelaide, they keep those youngsters fit. They're going to have a really fun season with them. Yeah, they get a few injured. Might be a different story, but they're they're looking really good. They're really exciting um, to, yeah. to start the opening two rounds. So, you know, if you're a casual A League fan or you're just a football fan, just flick on an Adelaide United game this season because good chances are going to be some really exciting footballs there to watch. They might not win, but you're going to have good fun watching them. Yeah, and it's very similar to the style of football they were playing last season. It's kind of in your face, aggressive. With speed, they know they've got speed. Ben Halloran, you know, he's he's older, but he's still not slow. Mm. Um, players like Iren Kunda, who's just like pure speed. Um, mm. Olivier Bernardo coming on uh, at the end was fantastic. He obviously had his injuries troubles last season, mm. so really good to see him on. Toure's got, you know, pace for days. Mm. Um, they're an exciting team like that. And, you know, even Ryan Tunnicliffe, uh, you mm. know, a Manchester United youth player uh, <laughs> coming on and scoring a goal. That's that's good for him. Their one signing for this season. Um, he looks like he's slowly getting up to fitness coming in off the bench. So the signs are really good for Adelaide. And then when you put it in just such a beautiful football stadium mm. with just a, a crowd that gets behind them, again, like last season, towards the end, that was a sellout every week. Uh, it's not far from being that again this season. You know, it was about 10,000 there for yeah. this game. Uh, I think it's not long before we see those tickets selling out for Adelaide games because it's just such a good vibe down there. And yeah, yeah. awesome. Awesome. We'll have, maybe we'll have to do an away day there just to see Adelaide. Maybe we don't have to go see our teams oh. play. We, maybe we should just go sometime and just <laughs> see Adelaide play. Incredible. That would be, that would be very good. Yeah. Be a shame though, we'd have to go to Adelaide. <laughs> Pissant Town. Speaking of Pissant Towns, Aureli Vidmar is uh, taking yeah. over Melbourne City after um, Old Mate got the sack. Old Mate, Rado Vidasic. Look, again, we talked about this in our preview pod. And for me, you know, naively put Sydney FC up top because I thought Melbourne Victory are going to hold on to Rado for too long and he's going to stink the place out. And I was at, re- at least right about that like the football has not been good well, at least in the a-league you know that mm. they played they're really playing well, well in the champions league yeah they they got a really good result in thailand on the wednesday didn't do a macarthur and come back and, and play well here yeah. but um yeah rado vidasic just you, you could tell things just weren't quite right there and for a city group team it's just not good enough they they had to change things quickly yeah um it's probably the right decision, but his two games. Well, from what I read, um, he went to the city board and said it's not working out. Like it was a mutual termination, so it actually wasn't a sacking. Sure, he actually came to him and said, "Like I just 
like he he was I think he was a bit concerned about potentially losing the dressing room. Yeah. Um. So you know, hopefully Patrick Kisnorbo will get the the sack very soon, and you know I think it would be great if they could get him back in. Uh, but at the moment, you know, really Vidmar. It's been a while since uh, he's had a coaching gig in the A League. Obviously, the last one with Adelaide quite some time ago. But he's not a bad coach. But I don't think he's the long term solution to Melbourne City's uh, managerial uh, conundrum. Yeah, that's right. He he knows football. He he's going to do an okay job. Again, mm. it's hard to do a bad job with that group of footballers. Yeah. So kind of yeah, you don't want to lose the dressing room having somebody in. Uh, Aurelio, his job is literally mm. just to listen to the players, I reckon. Uh, I don't think he's going to be... Well, it'd be hard to see him not throw his weight around because he, he does know football. He you know He's not afraid of those things, but this City squad, they need they need performances and they need it quick. Yeah. And after seeing one manager go, I think they'll want the dressing room their way. So yeah. it will be interesting. Um It'd be interesting to see who City think of for, for the next coaching uh, job. Obviously, Paddy Kisnorbo had them absolutely humming. Uh, how long will he survive in France? How has he survived this long? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, he should have been sacked already. And, and do does Melbourne City go something similar like that for the next kind of full-time gig? You know, someone like a Ben Kahn. Um, Heaven Musket. Imagine Kevin Musk, not that he would, but imagine the victory man to going to level. City. No, to there's level. talks of him going to Millwall. But yeah, Ben Ben Khan, he would be a pretty good option. Um, although I think he returned to Queensland for personal reasons. So, because okay. um, he was what, the Melbourne Knights coach? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's a good yeah, opportunity for another be. young up and coming manager, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but City, that, uh, the City football group, they don't muck around when it's not working. They know to. Um, to get rid of them, uh, it's um, it's probably a good thing that there's no relegation into a national second division uh, at this rate. If you're a Sydney FC fan or a um, Melbourne Victory fan, a bit sweaty at the moment, fan, or even a Central Coast Mariners fan, maybe you'd be acting a bit quicker to to pull your finger out. Mm. Which probably takes us on to our next bit of news: the rumor mill. It's kind of been going off obviously we're close to an announcement about the national mm. division and knowing our luck here at couch critics often we'll talk about this on a thursday night and, and the news will break Friday, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll put this video out so if you're listening and the national second division has been announced just our luck but why don't we talk about the rumors brad um yep. 10 teams what do you make of the list Oh, it was uh, there's some there's some good uh, good few teams there that um, surprise they probably got picked and um, vast majority being from Victoria, New South Wales. I think let's be honest, it's not particularly surprising. That's where the biggest clubs are, uh, the best funded clubs are, because this is a competition that they're setting up based on more than just well, it's not based on results. It's based on can you afford this? Yeah. So what we have South Hobart, it was quite surprising. I think that's really exciting though. Uh, to have a Tasmanian team, and uh, oh, so so obviously, let's it's before we start talking. This is just a rumor we've heard from. I really wouldn't uh, read too much, and if it was South Melbourne, Mike, but uh, the the Melbourne Victory fan Brenton Ray was also backing it as well. And you know, if he's saying, you know, he's he's always pretty on the money. He's always in the in the know about a lot of uh, big A League stuff. Like obviously, the before it was announced, the grand final deal going back to normal, the the unite round as well. Um, and Danny Townsend uh, off to the Middle East. Um, so that's where we're hearing it from. Um, but, um, yeah, South Melbourne, I think that's really exciting for Tasmanian football to have a team competing in a national um, competition. Yep. Of of all the football codes, Tasmania is yet to have a, a representation. Obviously, they will soon in the AFL. Um, but I think that's really exciting. And the Sunshine Coast as well. Same with um with Tasmania. They have no representation in any of the major football codes at a national level. So that's really exciting for them. Obviously, there's a lot of garbage and crap going on with uh, football Queensland kind of being quite restrictive. And, you know, if Sunshine Coast were ever to get relegated from the national second D- division, they wouldn't go straight into the top division of Queensland. They'd go right down to the bottom, like Division 6. I think uh, maybe we can talk about that a bit later. But um, who do we have from Melbourne? We had Avondale. 
Um, South Melbourne. Which um, which seems a bit of, uh, well, some people say there's, they haven't got a big fan base, but they've got a lot of money. South Melbourne, of course, I don't think we're surprised about that. And um, we had Preston, who I think has the fans, they have the vibe. Mm. On field, like they're still in the second division of Victoria. But, you know, I think um, that's good to see Preston. Obviously, no big names like Melbourne Knights or Heidelberg and some yeah. of the others there. But in New South Wales, we had Sydney United, 58, Sydney Olympic, Marconi, IPA, and Wollongong. Um, so that's really exciting to see Wollongong potentially returning to a national level uh, for football. Yeah, most of those clubs make sense, you know. Yeah. Sydney United's the one where there's question marks, obviously some issues in the past um, with their fans. I I think that's worth talking about because I think Football Australia, if they don't go crack down hard on some of the really toxic Croatian fans, uh, Sydney Croatian fans, they could have um, a real um, publicity, like a real PR dilemma here because, you know, they want this competition to go well, but I think there should be certain standards that clubs um, abide by and they stuffed, they were abhorrent during the Australia Cup final a couple of years ago. They haven't, we haven't, they haven't, nothing's happened since, but, you know, if something like that's going to happen again, they're going to have to get the boot because it doesn't matter how much money they have, the league needs to look good. Uh, and if they're going to cock up again, they've got to go. But, you know, that's hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but I'm not surprised they've gone up because they're a well-founded club, a uh, well-funded club. Uh, they've got a lot of history. They've got a nice boutique ground. They're an ideal team for the national second division, just like all the other uh, teams uh, that are in it. Yep. Yep. And then we've also got, um, oh, that's it, isn't it? That's it's all East Coast. Uh, there's no no South Australian teams, no Western mm. Australian teams, no ACT, and no Northern Territory. Obviously, Northern Territory was always going to be a bit of a yeah, stretch. They never and, never had any teams going forward for it. Yeah, Western Australia was also really difficult, and, and you know, uh, a lot of people in response. You know, ten teams isn't massive. People are kind of hoping fourteen, maybe more teams. And um, I don't think it's completely terrible though you know somebody mentioned the a-league started with eight yeah you know when when football was starting going again uh, and it grew and uh, it was sustainable at the start and so i think that's the key kind of thing like these clubs obviously uh football australia is trying to be as um kind of stringent around the criteria as possible. They want this to be financially viable and the clubs want it to be financially viable as well. They want to be able to Mm. last more than one season. So I think 10 is a good starting point. Yeah. There are some big clubs like Melbourne Knights, not there. That's, that shows you maybe there, there is a, a a proper kind of uh, cutoff there. So, I think that's exciting. Um, 10 teams is sustainable. 18-game home and away season with the finals at the end. It's probably a little short for my liking. And the other issue is, you know, it's still just thinking what's the goal? What's what's the purpose? So I love that there's going to be more opportunities and a national competition for young players. Mm. Um, but I think there has to be purpose to this. And we talked with Stefan Mork about the Japanese kind of model and the way they did things. I think it's clearly missing from Australian football. It was missing when we started up the A-League. What what was the end goal? What was the purpose? Um, we obviously want this to lead towards a connected pyramid. Mm-hmm. That's what Football Australia have talked about. I just don't know how that works when... You've got an A League in summer, a second division in winter, and 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 still no real idea how it's going to go. So get it started, absolutely, but it's just going to be this awkward thing when they're running side by side. You know, one here, mm-hmm. one here, not connected, not working together. I think it needs to work together. So I. I'm excited. I think it's the right thing. We have to get it going. I, I do still have my questions, but I think 
you never know until you start. So we've been talking about this for a long time, mm. a long time in Australian football. Mm. And it's often been, no, th- for this reason, it won't work. Oh, maybe it will collapse. And maybe it won't be financial, financially stable. We just got to do it though. And, yep. a, and a big believer in just run it. And we have a season and then you get some cold, hard facts. You get some figures on how much clubs are spending, how much they're losing, how many people are turning up and engaged in this competition. You get all those metrics if you do it. And maybe it it doesn't work. And then you go, well, here are some reasons why. And we've got evidence to back it up. Oh, this is where it didn't line up. Or it goes really well and you go, great. Now let's put the next steps in. So I'm really... I hope there is an announcement. I hope this does get up, even if it is just 10 teams. I think that's an exciting proposition. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think 10's a, a pretty good uh, starting area. And then for all those clubs that got knocked back, that can be like, instead of having a winch and saying, why don't we get picked? It's like, well, this is what we can work on next year and yep. work towards getting into this competition in 2025 or something like that. Yeah. That's what I think it, it should work towards of a natural progression of, okay, now say Adelaide City or Brisbane Strikers, you know, they've met the criteria in the off-season that we're going to promote them into this competition. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we might eventually get to a point where we have a third division or something or a, a third tier. So I think it's uh, it's a... Yeah, it could have been bigger, but I think, you know, you want to treat this delicately. You want it to work. You don't want to rush and have 16 teams and have five of them say, yeah, actually, we can't really afford to stick around for more than one year. You need to, you know, start small, but be stringent and let it naturally grow. And I think it will. Yeah, and there's like you said, there's a lot of questions about um, how it will link up with the A-League or whether it ever will, or will it connect with the MPL? Yeah, those are questions that need to be asked. Like, yeah, well, what's the purpose of it? But, you know, I think it's just exciting. We're going to have professional football all year round. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we hear some news uh, soon in the next week, hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, that's, yeah, like we said, it's all rumours mm. um, at the moment. Obviously, you know, the process is ongoing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, let's hope it happens. The Tillies won all three games of their Olympic qualifiers. So now they've just got a, a Tillie playoff against Uzbekistan. So that was great. Uh, some big crowds over there in Perth. Um, Do you watch any of the games? Yeah, I watched the first two. I didn't watch the the final game against mm. Chinese Taipei. Um, I was who? Chinese oh, Taipei. Taiwan. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> political uh that's very nice political chat there um <laughs> uh i think the matildas were good i think if you're uzbekistan you've seen how to beat the matildas is just set a low block that actually works and have someone who's good enough to score against us because um that's what uh iran did and it was fairly effective and it took an a, a worldie from mary fiala to to break down uh, Chinese Taipei last night. So, like, the, the the one game where we absolutely smashed it, which was fantastic to be at the Optus Stadium game mm. in front of, you know, 60,000 fans. Um, they're the team that actually went out. Philippines, after making the World Cup, and rightly so, thought, mm. yeah, we can have a go at the Matildas. And the we Matildas that, love yeah. that. They love yeah. that because they just, it just created so much space. So, yeah. Mm. Um, there's some really good movement, some really good uh, pieces of play. Obviously, Mary Fiala is just, like, incredible. Sam Kerr, just being Sam Kerr, just popping up in the box when she needs to. She does so much work for the team. It, it, these were good vibes. Now, obviously, they're against not the best teams in the world, mm. to be honest, but good vibes. Also, just great for the, the Perth community to have the Tillies over there uh, in their own time zone for once. Yeah. How about you, Bailey? Do you watch the games? What do you think? Uh, I don't think I... Oh, I watched a bit of the Iran game, but I didn't really get much of a chance to watch any of them. My only complaint to all those people out on Twitter, well, they get 60,000 to the Matildas in Perth. Why don't they get uh, 20,000 to the Perth Glory games? It's like, because you have the Matildas, the biggest sporting brand in the country, 
Yeah. And then, no disrespect, you have Perth Glory. Yeah. So to all those people who say that, shut the hell up, please. It's so annoying because, yeah, maybe Perth could get better crowds, but also stop comparing, like, the best thing in sport in this country Mm. to an average team in a third-rate sports competition. So, anyway. Yeah, that's right. It, it, It absolutely shows that, yes, there are people who are interested in football. Mm. But the Matildas that have that pulling power where kids and parents, well, they want their kids to be like that. I don't know how many people look at the Perth Glory men's or women's team and go, I absolutely want to be like that. Yeah. You know, the the Matildas have this this aura that means, yeah, the Matildas are coming to town. We'll get the tickets to the matches. Perth Glory playing every week. You know, you can't quite um, compare one-off kind of events mm. of the national team to yeah. every week. Same old, same old Perth Glory. But yeah, and I, and I think, you know, people do complain and, like, you know, you're on Twitter, you see a lot of people complaining about, like, oh, well, well if we're getting 70,000 to a Women's World Cup final, why can't we get this through the A-League? It's like, you know, you know, let's be realistic. The A-League, any sport in doesn't have a divine right to massive crowds. They have to earn their right. They have to offer something unique. And the Matildas are just so lovable. They're just so nice personally at a personal level. And they're winning. Like, they finished fourth in the world. That's a fantastic result. Uh, They inspire kids to want to go play football. I'm not saying Perth or any other A-League teams can't do that. But the A-League teams need to offer something. They need to work hard instead of just be like whinging, well... I don't think the cops are whinging. I just think there's a few keyboard warriors. So I shouldn't get too riled by them. The the marketing as well, like the the Matildas are marketable and, you know, Football Australia markets them. It was on all social media. It was all over. Mm. You know, people knew they were playing. That's a big start. The the biggest problem with the A-League is people don't even know it's on. Oh, is Perth Glory actually playing? Mm. Working together, it seems like the APL, since they broke off, has like hasn't even sent an email to the football australia board or or anything like that you know linking those things up having perth glory players Mm. and memberships uh tents outside the matildas Mm. game you know football australia working with the a-league and Mm. saying you can do that kind of stuff helps Mm. getting those things um but like you're right you know alex chidiak playing at halftime with the with the little kids because mm. you know she was about the same height as them but that's you market that that's brilliant do we see the same things happening in the a-league so that they can be marketed not really so yeah, yeah it, it's it's yeah. totally different and and the matildas are a vibe like yeah. what time even even nathan cleary's a fan just coming along to to watch the matildas mm-hmm. There's no other ulterior motive at all yeah and i think well the exciting thing is that the Matildas could go to any stadium in Australia and sell it. They could play the MCG and they could get 100000 for a friendly match with Mongolia and people would go and watch it. And I think we are, let's not take it for granted, we are living in um, a golden age for, 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 for the Matildas. I don't think we'll ever experience anything like this, like in any sport. Like I've never seen such a, a vibe for any in this country, any other sports team. Let's embrace that for as long yeah. as we have that. And, and it's been a quick yeah. turnaround. Like, you know, three, four years ago, the Matildas were still playing in front of small crowds. I remember yeah, that. they were playing out at Penrith, getting yeah. 15,000, which was great then, but look at them now. That's right. It, it's been a, a meteoric rise. But, the, yeah, like you said, it's it's a unique thing in Australia right now, in sport right now. The Matildas are that hot. They're, they're so good. Mm. Um, and they just they're just doing everything right and and performances like that you know scoring what was it 13 goals in three matches mm. that's good so yeah taylor swift is around when the next qualifying game against uzbekistan is supposed to be happening maybe we can tell taylor to shake it off and uh, go somewhere else and the matildas can have the mcg imagine that and uh, Mary Fowler is Taylor Swift and Nathan Cleary is uh, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, what a, what a power couple for sport that is. And well, Wait, no, hang on. You got that wrong. 
Mary Fowler is Travis Kelchie and Ivan Cleary is Taylor Swift up in the stands fangirling. Yeah, but I was more saying that uh, Mary <laughs> Fowler has the pull of uh, Taylor Swift. And imagine <laughs> imagine Mary Fowler giving birth to that kid chin first. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move yeah. on. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Let's let, let's look at the games ahead. Um, because uh there's some really exciting games, particularly the first game of the round. This I think this is a preview for um a term I don't think we use in the A League too much, but it's it's a common term in the NRL and AFL to take the piss out of two really bad teams. It's the spoon bowl. It's, look, uh, it's I, a really exciting match. You're really enjoying this. It is round two. Just, oh, you've got to enjoy it while you can. It's round two, and it's nice for Wanderers fans to have a smile on their face. I think they had a smile on their face most of last season as well until Adam LaFondra wiped it off. So let's let's just... Yeah. At least we'll be making the finals this year. So anyway. <laughs> uh, it should be an interesting match. Mm, yeah. It, have you got the new manager bouts for Melbourne City? Are Sydney actually fired up to actually want to go and play some football it's uh it it should actually be an entertaining game the australia cup match uh mm. between these two teams is pretty good a couple of weeks ago and um, on paper two fantastic football teams in real life both struggling both teams want to make a change both teams want to see a response and so it actually makes for you know all jokes aside quite an interesting game of football. Mm. I don't think both teams can play as bad as they did the previous week. That's right. I think there'll be a lot to prove. I think City will have a at least a new interim manager. Um, Sydney FC, I don't know how much Corica inspires uh, his team, um, but you know he has inspired them to a few grand final wins over the years. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I just don't think it'll be. I don't think they'll play as bad. Maybe we'll see a five-all draw. Uh, going off their defense, but uh, like I, I think these two teams, when they put it on, can be quite entertaining. And I don't think these two teams will be battling it out, unfortunately, for the wooden spoon. Yeah, uh, we got um, we'll go over to the ditch. Uh, Wellington uh, playing Brisbane out at uh, Sky Stadium. Be interesting. I, I'd really like um, this hurts me as a New South Welshman for a Queensland team, I'd really like to see Brisbane continue on that really good form uh, they had against the NFC because there is a good buzz around them at the moment. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say. I'd like to see Brisbane get up. I think they can get up. But uh, Wellington, I just think like they have over the years, we always rate them really poorly and they still perform quite well. So um, maybe we just don't rate them fairly, but I think Brisbane will get up in this one. Yeah, it, it'll be... I think Brisbane look the better team. Mm. Uh, Travelling away to New Zealand, though, it's, it's not an easy trip. No. Um, Wellington do play well at home. Mm. It, they've got okay support there. The the Yellow Fever, you know, like to have a good time. Um, hopefully their commentators over in Sky Sports are awake for this next game because on the weekend their, their commentary was absolutely woeful they were not excited about anything um so it would be nice to see them get excited and and for wellington to give them something to actually be excited about although they did last weekend so you know maybe they're all going for brisbane um yeah it'll be a good game i think brisbane should should come away with a win there yeah that's the 330 uh kickoff and then at 530 we're going out to southwest sydney for the foxtel derby between uh, MacArthur and Western United, um, if you don't get that reference, um, well, too bad. Um, yeah, listen, I, oh, geez, Western United, they weren't great last week. And MacArthur, they've looked okay the first two weeks. I, I think, you know, playing at home, I'd if, if I was making a, a pick here, I'd probably pick MacArthur because they're playing at home. I don't know how much of a difference it makes playing in front of um, a MacArthur crowd. Um, <laughs> but there's still obviously the, the travel element. But I still... Actually, now that I start talking about it, I don't know if I will be tipping MacArthur because I still think Western United, even though they lost 5-0 last week, they're a better team on paper than MacArthur. And I think we we saw a bit of that against City in the opening round. Uh, particularly, I really like uh, Noah Bodic uh, for them. And I just I just think all around they've got a, a pretty solid squad. But yeah, I think we're still early days in the comp. We're still, this is only the third round. I think it'll be a good sign to to see where these teams are up, where, where these teams are at. Are MacArthur actually going to be a good team? Are Western going to bounce back? Will they show last week was only a slip-up? 
Yeah, look, I, I think though MacArthur, like you say that better that Western have a better team on paper. Like MacArthur's team, it's it's not that bad. Philip Curdo's a good goalkeeper. Tommy Uzcox, good centre back. Like you know, Rafael Borges mm. Rodriguez for them, the ex City uh, youngster. He, yeah. He's an exciting prospect, and and he's looked pretty good on the ball. Kieran Backus is a solid midfielder who's who's Keenan. been working hard. Kieran, yeah. Keanu, which ones with Keanu? Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Kieran, yeah. You don't even remember your own Wanderers players. Yeah. Like Clayton Lewis isn't terrible. Um, Valerie Germain's good. Lockie Rose, look, we we give him a bit of stick. He, he's a he's a pretty. Decent A League player, like on his Someone day. played in MPL three, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I think MacArthur. Okay. Yeah. I think this could be a actually a bit more of a tactical match. Obviously, Western want to bounce back. Um, yeah, they've got some attacking prowess. Their defense doesn't look too good at the moment, and so this MacArthur side can unlock a, a defense, and and so I think it'll be an interesting match. And I think MacArthur might actually take this one. Yep. Okay. And then uh, I think this will be easily the the match of the round and seven forty five kickoff at the Melby Tangular Stadium. The original victory, derby. yeah, victory hosting uh, Adelaide United and these two teams, particularly Adelaide United, have played really well in the first two rounds. So I think hopefully we'll see a few goals. We'll see a really good vibe at the ground, a really good crowd. I think uh, this has potential to to be a really great watch. Yeah, yeah, I think Adelaide, like we said, full of full of pace, full of excitement. They love to run at teams. Victory looked fairly defensively solid, although they did concede three against the Jets. So yeah. did they? Like, yeah, it should be should be an interesting game. It's going to have some fire. I think I think because this Adelaide team is so young, they've got that kind of bubble over point that mm. they just kind of get too into it. Yeah. And three is just an angry team led by an angry coach. So you know they've got a red card in them. So I think we're going to see some red cards this weekend. And I think Adelaide are going to, are going to win it. I reckon Irun Kunda is just going to do something incredibly amazing again. And seriously, it might not just be Bayern Munich knocking on the door anymore. In a couple of weeks, I think, you know, maybe your Barcelonas and your Real Madrids are going to come and maybe even some English Premier League clubs saying, all right, yeah, no, we've got some cash and um, Adelaide could be sitting on a very nice pay packet. Yeah, he's an exceptional talent. Um, Geez, we've got four games on Saturday, 9.45 kickoff over in uh, WA, Perth hosting the Mariners. Is this the, is this the game we're going to finally see the Mariners get a win or what's going to happen here? Or will Alan Stadgett get his first win uh, as Perth coach? Well, first of all, who... Whose bright idea was it to let Perth Glory have a kickoff that late? Like, don't they think about us yeah. East Coast? Clearly not. Clearly <laughs> not. I'm, all the kids are going to have to go to bed early. <laughs> uh, I think this could be, again, like, I think the A-League is exciting. This is this is good football. But you these think it's going to be a snooze fest? These two teams, they need wins. They're both without a win this season. They need to to do something. So I think it, it could be good. Um, I don't think it's going to be the most technically amazing game of football. Perth yeah. don't look like that kind of team, and Mariners look a little bit off at the moment as well. But is it going to be exciting? Absolutely. Are these teams going to go at each other? I don't think Mariners know anything but attack with this kind of lineup that they've got. So I think it it has goals in it because yeah. defences aren't great. Um it's probably a draw, but it could be two, 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 three, three. Who knows? Yeah. Cool. And the final game of the round on the Sunday, five uh, five p.m. kickoff. Oh, sorry, three p.m. kickoff. Up in the Hunter, it's Newcastle hosting uh, Western Sydney, and I think I think if Wanderers play as well as they did in that first half against the Jets, and the Jets play as bad as they could, I think it could be another big scoreline, but. I think Newcastle, for all the hate, they've, or the, not the hate, all the um, all the lack of people rating them in the off season. I think they've been okay to start the season. Yeah. Got a draw away in Perth. They scored three goals against the victory. They haven't performed super bad. 
I mean, conceding five isn't great, particularly four in the first half, but I don't think Newcastle have been as bad as we probably thought they were going to be. I don't yeah. know. What do you think? There's something about them. They can score goals. They've got some good young players. I think um, Robbie Stanton's a good coach and he knows how to get good mm. things out of young players. So, um, look, don't don't count them out. It's just I think the Wanderers look better at the moment. They're a bit more, um, was it settled? Like this is this is probably yeah. the first off season in a while that Wanderers haven't yeah. had like a complete rebuild, mm. and so they're Lockie Brook. Like he's still pretty young and just playing well. Yeah, twenty twenty one, I think. I think you've got you've got a really good squad there for the Wanderers, and yeah, hard hard pressed to see the Jets winning this one. Um, but, you know, it's the Wanderers and if, you know, Wanderers fans like yourself will tell anyone, absolutely have they got an absolute stinker up their sleeves on an away day uh, here and there, you know. Perth last Particularly in Perth. Like yeah. <laughs> Perth doesn't sit well. Um, so, look, yeah, it's probably going to be the Wanderers as long as they turn up, you know. You've got to turn up in this A-League. You've got to turn up for every game to win. So, yeah, look, I think Wanderers will do it. Someone on Twitter went this week and said, uh, what's your most lowest moment supporting a football club? <laughs> and I posted the veteran Janjanovic corner Ooh. against Brisbane. Beautiful. What would you What would you have put? The lowest point as Sydney yeah. FC fan. Yikes. Um, look, the, the derby loss last year, the 4-0, was pretty bad. You would have had some pretty grim. Oh, I can't remember the coach's name. Yeah, nothing is worse than. Uh, oh, is it the old Brisbane coach? I can't think Frank, of his name. Carina was pretty. Yeah, that that guy. Yeah. Pretty dire football there. Yeah, look, we, we've had a couple of dark days um, as Sydney FC fans. So look, yeah, that's all right. It's always fun. Yeah, sure. You don't know <laughs> nothing about a dark day, buddy. Anyway. Um, so that's the round, uh, looking ahead to the third round. Obviously, the A-League women didn't play last week, but they're back this week. Uh, so it's really exciting. Double the football, 12 games across both comps this weekend. So get around it, get around to a game. Unfortunately, I won't be going to Newcastle. Uh, would have been lovely if I wasn't working, but uh, that'll be a good game. You're going, you're going to Melbourne on Friday night, doubt it? I'm not going to Melbourne on Friday night. Anniversary this weekend, so uh, I'll, I'll be staying. You can go to MacArthur instead for the anniversary. Ah, <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. No, not this weekend. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, I, I think uh, that's probably everything we wanted to talk about this week. Um, so, yep. Thanks for joining us for another pod or video. Um, it's been really good uh, to see a lot of all the people tuning in to listen on um, the, um, the podcast websites, but also really good to see some consistent views on the YouTube channel. So we do thank you for your support, sticking with us for as long as this one has gone. And uh, until next time, we'll listen. Uh, well, you'll listen to us or we'll see you in the next one. Actually, we won't see you at all, but um, uh, we look forward to you Good bringing up, you another episode or whatever. All right, see you guys. <laughs>